0: New Jersey is the world. Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here and welcome to New Jersey is the world. Hope you're doing well. Hope you and yours are feeling great. Now, before I get into anything I'm going to say, before I pitch you anything, before we get into that sweet, sweet Jersey based content you've come to know and love from us over the past year, I wanted to play you this voicemail. From Kelly from Hopewell. Kelly left this at 973-780-4660. Thanks to everybody who leaves the voicemails. And I thought this one was good for this time of year because a lot of people are looking for holiday gift ideas. And Kelly has a, a book that maybe the Jersey lover in your life might love.
1: Hi, this is Kelly from Hopewell. Okay, this is something kind of random. A while ago, Chris mentioned that he was reading the book, How Newark Became Newark. And that inspired me to look for other Jersey books to read, and I found this book, Trenton. It's by John Callew and David Hart. And it's half historical fiction, half present-day fiction. It's set in and around Trenton. Um, The author, David Hart, is actually a descendant of Hopewell's own John Hart, who signed the Declaration of Independence, and that's kind of cool. It was a fun read. There was a lot of historically accurate stuff about the Revolutionary War and Battle of Trenton, you know, it's fun to read about places you know. Um, but what's was kind of wild, and I wasn't expecting, was there were like six graphic sex scenes in this book. Most of them taking place in the historical part of the book. So there were no scenes of John Hart. He wasn't banging anyone in this book, but one of his sons was in the first sex scene, and I was like, what is going on here? Um, Also, there's a part where a British officer dies after getting stabbed in the dick, so there's that, and this was apparently a regional bestseller, so I guess other Jersey residents liked it too, so go ahead and add that to your holiday reading list if you want to, and you're welcome in advance. Thanks. Bye, guys.
0: Thanks, Kelly. And I really can't wait to read that scene about a man getting stabbed in the dick. Kind of sounds like something would that would be really cathartic to read right now. Hey, that's a good holiday gift idea. You know what else is a really great holiday gift idea? Get some tickets for our show, twelve twenty six. New Jersey is the world live returns to the House of Independence in Asbury Park. We are meeting up. I'm gonna be there. Bonaduce, Mike D, Don Finelli, Carson will be there. Andrea Quinn's coming by. Sarah Cass is going to be there and more. We're going to be doing all kinds of fun, dumb stuff. Really good times. Go to uh, chrisgeth.com for the ticket link or the House of Independence website. Another way you can support New Jersey is the World is go to belowthecollar.com slash chrisgethard. got all sorts of t-shirts, the New Jersey is the World t-shirt people really like. The What Would Bruce Do t-shirt. That's been a good seller for a long time. There's a bunch of uh, Jersey-themed t-shirts there you can get. And hey, if you really want to support the show. And now this relates to both the things I just brought up. Why don't you join the Patreon? Patreon.com slash world. Last week, Bonaduce interviewed one of the last OG airbrushers on the entire Jersey Shore. We put that up for the Patreon. And uh, patrons get all kinds of good stuff each month. And on top of that, you get early access to the House of Independence shows. You get early access to buy those tickets. They'll never sell out if you're one of the patrons. You get discount codes on the t-shirts. And at the Independence Show, at House of Independence, we're going to be doing bits that involve the audience, and we're going to focus on making those people who are at the Patreon. So why not? Why not get involved? That's the pitch. That's the spiel. Support this thing. We want to keep it going. It's one of these things where when you make a podcast specifically about New Jersey, you know that, especially in these early days, first couple of years, it's not going to be... Hundreds of thousands of people listening, so what we hope is that those of you who are getting on board, who really love this project, love this place, that you'll get in our corner and rally. Because I, I don't want to make something that hundreds of thousands of people like if I'm talking about Jersey. It needs to be specific so that the, the people who really get it, get it, man. Anyway, you know what else Jersey people really get is mad about highways roads traffic all sorts of stuff and study just came out mike d found it. it says new jersey has the worst roads in the entire country so of course we have to uh check in about that what does this study mean what does it entail you'll be happy to hear that this includes a lot of Bonaduce infrastructure talk you'll be happy to hear that this also includes stories of uh a lot of dumbass shit we've done out there on the roads in jersey and, and a whole lot of stuff in between as always hey it means the world to us that you support this project it means the world to us that you're listening come on out to house of independence asbury park maybe we'll see you at the patreon maybe you'll be rocking a t-shirt who knows anyway everyone who supports this thank you a thousand times over now enjoy our examination of new jersey's roads hi everybody it's chris Gathard. welcome to woe this is a show that is part of New Jersey is the world. This is, of course, the show where three friends who are all uh, in the midst of their own varying degrees of midlife crisis get together and try to feel young again. Hello, Mike D. How are you tonight?
2: Good. It was good to see see you guys all in person. I mean, I feel like I we all see each other often enough, but rarely do all four of us see each other in person. Indeed, at the same time. Indeed, Bonaduce. How
0: are you?
3: Doing pretty good. Can't complain. Officially divorced, everyone. So. But putting that and out that's,
0: there. Congrats. It's a whole new,
3: whole new bond of dudes out here.
0: Carson is, of course, our silent partner, the man behind the board, uh, listening in. I, I will say we had a, I mentioned it, uh, but a, a group meeting yesterday and my son caught a stomach bug. He was hanging out. We were having bro time and uh, he vomited all over Carson's brand new c- condo and it's a nice place. I felt bad. I felt bad. And we had to delay tonight's taping because I thought he was over it and he vomited one more time right before we taped. It seems like New Jersey is the world makes Cal Gethard vomit.
3: Everyone's a critic, you know? <laughs> Indeed. Indeed.
0: Which is a perfect segue because, um, Mike D, you found an article that just came out. We're going to base tonight's episode about it. Uh, there is a group that claims to be impartial. They are called the Reason Foundation and they put out an annual highway report. And for the second year in a row... <laughs> They have certified New Jersey as dead last when it comes to our roads. And uh, much to discuss, much to discuss. This feels like judgment, but it also feels like an objective group just trying to do the best with data they have. What was your emotional reaction when you saw New Jersey ranked as having the worst roads in the country? You you know, initially when I read this article, um,
2: it put me in a little bit of emotional torpor because, you know as we do on this show and as we do in real life, my immediate reaction was that I wanted to jump up to the defense of New Jersey. And then as I started to read through the article and then also recount my own experiences on the roads in New Jersey, I was thinking this might be one where we can't defend New Jersey. I mean, maybe we really do have the worst roads in the US and maybe that's what we have to be proud of.
0: I went through the article uh, after you sent it over I want to go through a couple of the bullet points. I feel like if anyone is going to be defensive about this, it is our own Nikki Bonaduce because Bonaduce. <laughs> a lot of this relates to infrastructure in particular. So, well, as usual, I did not read the article. I'm I was assuming as such.
3: Yeah, because I don't think I was included in it. But um, I I know from my perspective, there is like there's a paving season, so for road maintenance, it's a constant like upkeep in our state. Um, if it's about just the roads being terrible design-wise and not not being designed properly, I think that's just because of development and urban sprawl. Let's go but, through the
0: points. Let's go through yeah. what they say. Um, Lay it on me. There were a couple things that jumped out that might be of interest to you. Um, let's see. Uh, as far as the positives, um, the state is better than 46 other states for traffic fatalities and leads the nation for fewest fatalities on rural roads. I like that. Wow. Wow. Um, and ranked us first for the condition of rural interstate highway pavement. Um, but okay, biggest downfall, high cost of maintenance. Apparently, New Jersey spends, I found this astounding. <laughs> North Dakota came in first place for this. They spend $26,943 per mile of state controlled road. Wow. Um, twenty six grand per mile. That's that's the best state. New Jersey ranked last one point one three six million dollars for each mile of state controlled road. I assume this goes into you know labor. building the roads and maintaining the roads, but one point one three million per mile.
2: If you ever doubt it the continued existence of the mafia, I think all you have to do is look at that figure and the disparity between that number and North Dakota. And that is your argument right there.
0: That has got to be some patronage jobs at play, right? has to be. I mean, what do I know? But there, ha- there's no way all that money is actually going into the roads.
3: Well, you know, I think it's number one you're going to see is the cost of uh, labor for the companies that do that. And most of those jobs are prevailing wage labor. So it's a a union rate. That's on top of that um, cost of materials. Uh, A lot of places they paid for um, they don't make their money on the placement of asphalt. The real money is the guys that are big paving companies own their own plants. So they make money in just like the large company. A good example is Tilcon. They make their money in material. Um, Placing it is is just like kind of gravy but they'd rather just sell material to like paving companies, like, you know, at fresh asphalt coming out of the plants. But labor is probably the number one cost. And, uh, it's a specialized trade. And, you know, like this season, one of the biggest problems for our union, cause, um, we operate heavy, heavy equipment is they didn't even have, and this happens every year. They don't have enough people to run the equipment, to be able to do all the paving that they want to do. So the crews that exist are like running like basically 24 hours a day. Like those guys, like, are animals. And they work for like six months out of the year, nonstop, like might sleep like a few hours, like a day. And, um, that's how they make their money.
0: Does that but also yeah, lead cost, to overtime? Cost I would imagine yeah. overtime union rates that'll, that'll jack up your, uh, if you yeah, don't have enough, if you don't have enough staff, you got to pay overtime. I bet that has to. Well, you're paying overtime
3: anyway, cause most of those jobs are nighttime jobs. And so you get a nighttime differential. So laborers are being paid a premium, which is a, the uh, bread and butter of a paving operation, or your laborers. And then you also have the operating engineers. Then you have Teamsters running the trucks. So every if guys don't own their own trucks, they're paying like <clears throat> they're paying a fee for a truck, the driver, and then on top of that, materials coming from the plants. And then it's like a matter of where the asphalt plant is in relationship to the job that they're doing. So New Jersey's kind of lucky; we have tons of asphalt plants, and uh, they're able to be somewhat close to wherever they, whether they're working. But I mean, I'm telling you if you drove on the parkway or turnpike, like they are re they're milling and paving like almost every year. And like right now they're still paving now and we're, we're coming into like December, you know, how could though it's 475
2: times more expensive for a <laughs> mile of road in New Jersey than it is in
3: North Dakota. That just seems insane. I You really have to probably, you can go onto these um, sites where they're, they, you can actually bid the work and you see what it costs like, and there's a known formula. So, and and then on top of that, there's ways that these guys, like I worked for outfits in like South Jersey where they're supposed to mill out, like, let's say four inches of asphalt. They'll mill out three inches of asphalt. And then they only put down, you know, three inches of fresh asphalt. And then on top of that, like they'll have their guys on the machines, roll it extra, extra hard. So they need more material. Right. So now now they'll fight with the DOT because there's going to be overages on the volumes that they used. Even though they milled out less and they put down more asphalt, like, so they're getting paid on overages for the tonnage of what they're putting down
0: on the road. Nick, you'll be happy to hear that Jersey actually, because I know you have have a lot of uh, stories from the, the trenches working on the bridges of the state. New Jersey actually ranks in the top third of states for conditions of its bridges. So well done to you personally on that. Uh, now... Utah ranks best for traffic congestion. Drivers, an average Utah driver sits in traffic jams for one point seven five hours each year. Wow. My God. That's uh that's one point seven five hours. That's that's what? That's less than a hundred and twenty minutes spent. A year sitting in traffic jams. Is any four minutes a week? Nick, you haven't read the article, Mike. D. I know you have, so you're disqualified. Nick, do you want to hazard a guess how much an average New Jersey driver spends sitting in traffic jams each year? In Utah, each year? it's one point oh
3: seven five hours a year. In Utah, I'd probably say two hours a week times fifty-two weeks, so you know, a hundred, uh, what is it? A hundred and.
0: Wow. Okay. You were cynical. It's 86 hours. Oh, I was pretty The also. average New Jersey driver is sitting in traffic. I was a little over 86 hours a year. That is
2: shocking. It's like having a second job. Like, oh, I spend, and then I uh, spend two weeks a year on vacation and two weeks a year <laughs> sitting in traffic. God. Yeah.
0: Oh I my believe it. God. They do it. They do say that, uh, more traffic on the road means more gas taxes and toll revenues. That should help raise the money. Jersey's a very dense state. and uh, they, But then they point out, the article kind of has people kind of putting some stuff out there like that. But they do say uh, every neighboring state ranked better. Uh, New York was 46th. Overall, Delaware 44th. Pennsylvania 39th. So every state that bordered, uh, borders us. I mean, we were worse. so Obviously, they all do. They'll do better. But um, yeah, this this is not good. This is not good. Oh, well, welcome to New Jersey. Plus, we
3: have all kinds of special gas taxes that were passed that you're paying for that jack up the price of gas. We're at like what over three fifty a gallon now,
2: and it was ninety nine cents
3: not too long ago. There's probably like. Over 40 cents a gallon right now, and an extra tax that you normally wouldn't be paying just because you live in New Jersey.
0: It does say that um, New, the New Jersey DOT does dispute this and says that. Uh... It's erroneous to compare a a mile of one lane country road in Wyoming to a mile of four lane turnpike in New yeah, Jersey. So
3: that's a huge factor.
0: Something there too. A mile of a Jersey highway. I mean, you can is, be
3: you can be seven lanes in some places. You know what I mean?
0: It's true. It's true. So Nick, your gut instinct now that you see what's out here, these guys slamming our roads. It's your union that's out there working on these roads. Is there any part of you that's defensive or rolls your eyes at this? Or do you go, yeah, no, these roads get tons of wear and tear. We beat the shit out of them. It is what it is.
3: No, I think that's really what it is. I, I think if they didn't maintain the rigorous um, maintenance schedules on these roads, it, you would be it would be even worse shape for your vehicles and accidents and everything else like that. But it is a constant battle. Plus, in New Jersey, especially on the Turnpike, um, you don't realize what those trucks do to the road. Like, and they're using special spec like asphalt for, for those lanes for especially your truck sides and stuff like that, because you got to figure out if you're running between like Port Elizabeth or anywhere from probably 11, even now all those warehouses down near exits seven, A, all the all those to so think about the amount of trucks coming out of the ports that are traveling on those roads. Those heavy trucks beat the fuck out of those roads. And if you go out to Pennsylvania and drive around, like, here's one of the things that I always heard in the past, because Pennsylvania drivers, like, fucking always drive slow in the fast lane. The reason why they have their condition to do that is because the right lane is so rutted from the fucking trucks running them that it becomes dangerous, especially when it's raining, that water collects in those ruts and you'll fucking hydroplane. So the idiot Pennsylvania drivers that come to New Jersey and drive fucking slow in the fast lane. There's a reason why they do that because they don't fucking know any better. They're idiots and whatever. They're used to being <laughs> driving safely in their own state, but no, just trucks beat the hell out of those roads. like you would, it's unbelievable the amount of like, and you got to think about it. there's dump trucks running, um, 18 wheelers fully loaded. We're near Port Elizabeth. Those are all, we have all these m- fuel
0: tankers. There's, I, I go out yeah, on tankers every day. There's oh my gosh, tankers yeah. and dump trucks up and down that highway.
3: Right? You go to the store, you go buy something, how do you think it got there? A big fucking truck brought it to the store, right? So not only on the major highways, but think about when those trucks are now coming onto your um side roads, the damage and those are that's like state money. Forget about the federal money for like ninety-five and like any kind of federal roads that are coming through. And um and that's that's like if you're a local person, so those towns that get pissed off because um, you're lucky if you have a county road and and now the county's paying for it, but ultimately you're paying for it, right? Because these, these trucks are running on county roads and they're just beating the fuck
0: out of them. Now, you'll be happy to hear that um, the fact that this topic came up clearly made Mike D do some soul searching about New Jersey roads and you have assembled a number of what can only be called incredibly nerdy facts about the New Jersey road system in our outline, Mike D. It
2: was a really interesting thing because you drive on roads in New Jersey your whole life, but I never really gave much thought to it other than talking to Nick about, you know, different things that, that he's seen at work. Like you just drive on the roads and they're there and you don't really think about how they got there or, um, you know, why you should care about this. But one of the most interesting ones is they think they, I guess, you know, history people, (laughs) history people on the internet, um, they think that the oldest modern road in the U.S. and what I mean by that is a road that is not like dating, you know, like that, like not a Native American road is probably Old Mine Road, which is in New Jersey um, that runs from the water gap to Port Jervis. And it was built as a mining road for the Paraquary mine um, by Dutch miners to transport ore out of there. And I've actually driven on this road and didn't really think twice about it. There's all these little historic buildings, but that's pretty cool that the oldest road in the U.S. might be right here in New Jersey. And you can still drive on it, and it's still usable, and it's a pretty little you know country lane driving through a nice western part of the state. It's,
0: it's pretty wild. There's a lot – you think about the history of Jersey – to, like, I live in Morris County, so I'm on 202 a lot. And you think about Morristown and the green. And when you know that history, and you know that, you know, when Lafayette came to tell Washington and Hamilton that the French were going to help us, that was in Morristown. There was a spy that they outed that Hamilton like caught spying in Morristown. And then you realize, okay, when you go to Jockey Hollow off of 202 and you go and see all those reenactments and the, you know, the, 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 What's the word I'm thinking of? The soldiers' homes, where they've rebuilt the uh, replicas. We see all the replicas of how the soldiers were living. Then you go down further. There's a restaurant. Once you get towards Bernardsville, the Grain House and the old. In- My brother got married there. And there's all the signs that said they. Pretty sure it was used as like a ammunition storage for the Revolutionary War soldiers. And you go, that's just they were just using Route 202. It's.
3: Yeah, well, that's the history of all those roads.
0: Washington was up there in Morristown, and then his troops were in the camp down along there, and then they kept the weapons a little bit further down. I'm going, this is just the same road that I use a bunch of times a week.
3: Road design has been the same since Roman times, and Romans were some of the best road builders that there ever were. And you're always trying to find the path of least resistance. You're trying to find um, roads that are are not going to go through major elevation changes because that just – creates a tremendous amount of labor. So you got to figure, you know, when you're like, there's some of the roads that are by like um, the Delaware River, especially when you get up into like, uh, uh, what's that war? Like maybe Warren or not Warren, but like um, what the fuck Sussex that? County and stuff like that, right? They're falling along there because those were always the paths that like, you know, carriages would take, horses would ride on, that you could move material goods along Um, so you're trying to find like the reason why you had switchbacks were like, you know, there would be switchbacks up a mountain because it was a way that you could sort of maybe easily like modify the terrain, but it's, you know, all those, a lot of the County roads in Jersey, especially in Morris County, they were like just roads that were historically had been in use for like years. And you'll see, especially those old colonial buildings. Um, um, they're very close to the road because you couldn't be far off the road. Right. So you had to have accessibility. So if you were like, you know, you had to get into like Morristown you lived a mile away. If you lived like a quarter mile off the road to get to that road, if there was any kind of like snow or anything like that, you probably weren't going to get there. So if you look at like the older roads, like those County roads, you're going to see the houses are very close to the right of ways, which is like the actual legal limit of the road. Like sometimes you'll feel like you're driving right by the front of somebody's house.
2: Like Mendham. When you drive into Mendham, yeah, all, ex- exactly. all those old Mendum, colonial Morristown, houses are like all right, those places right up to the curb line practically of where the modern road is.
0: Only Mike D could tackle roads and get me thinking this in this nerdy way about history and how it how it intersects with us every day in this state and sometimes we're moving too fast to even notice it. Also only Mike D and Nick I know you don't look at the outlines. This one is going to make you laugh hard. Of course our friend Mike D has spent time today researching New Jersey highway sign fonts. Who else do you know in your life who would ever give a shit about about the fonts on our highway signs? That's Mike D's fetish. Oh my like god, Mike it D in a font. You can't. He's
3: a font fetish. I do have a
0: font fetish. God forbid somebody switches up a font on a sign. Mike D's now gonna. Mike D, what have you discovered today as you prepared this dissertation about fonts? See, even if you're not
2: a weirdo like me, this is seriously fascinating. So. <laughs> there there's basically for okay for a long time every state, every town, every county just threw up whatever font they wanted for road signs. And you know, whatever they thought looked nice, whatever, you know, Pete down at the town garage had a stencil for, they just made the sign, they were like, "Okay, we'll put it up." Then at some point when they started to get more serious about like unified highway safety, they they invented um, – they, they had two fonts, so Highway Gothic and Clearview. And Clearview was a font that was specifically designed for highway signs for people driving to be easily readable. And then in the more recent past, people have started to move away from this Clearview font, and they started using Highway Gothic, which is a font you see on most of the road signs in New Jersey. But of course, being New Jersey, there's a couple of stubborn – places in the state that refuse to use highway gothic and still use clearview so you see around union and somerset county you will see clearview fonts and then you can we can put a link to this when we post the show but you can look up in the in the standard highway signs manual and it will give you the layout and font on how to make every single road sign that you can possibly imagine i mean i I spent
3: way too much time looking at this it's several hundred pages long yeah those are standards and signage is like a big thing that's a big part of like highway design and like the if you if you're on a roadway job the specifics of where and how far those signs have to be placed like from the edge of the road um the height because of depending on what kind of traffic is on that road is all like very intense right it's not like somebody just went out there like hey we're gonna do this like there are standards for every single thing that you see on the road, from the stupid mile markers to the reflectors to the guide rails to the spacing, the guide rails, to how they end the guide rails. All that shit is like, I mean, I lay all that shit out. Like that's what I do all the time. I am team highway Gothic, man.
2: Fuck clear. <laughs> seriously.
0: <laughs> Mike. D, now that you've researched this, I feel like you've actually cursed your life forever. Cause I feel like you are going to, it's gonna it's gonna be impossible for you to ever take a car trip again and not immediately notice if it's gothic or clear view. And I feel like it's now going to become an O C D thorn in your side forever you know
2: me well enough to know that what's actually going to happen is i'll keep a list and i'll go back to those places surreptitiously during the night and replace them with the proper font which i think should be highway (laughs) gothic so i'm actually going to start keeping a list so if anyone out there if you see any signs in clearview you send us a message here at at woe town and
0: i will take care of that which is the one that the stubborn towns are hanging on to gothic or clearview Clear view. Clear view. So you want them all gothic. You want them all updated.
2: I want them all highway gothic.
0: Some other facts that you've assembled, Mike D. Um, New Jersey has 85,108 miles of roads, ranging from goat trails to the uh, multi-lane entryways onto the George Washington Bridge. The the modern highway system began in New Jersey in 1956, Route 80 and I-95. Wow. I'm glad that you create uh, included a link in our outline to the Standard Highway Signs Manual. A thing that I have to wonder if you've actually gone through it before this episode. Seems like the type of thing that you would have gone through just for your own pleasure, your own aesthetic. I mean, pleasure. You,
2: you guys, you you guys have been to my house and. You, I have a whole bookshelf that's just standards manuals. Like I have the standards manual for NASA, for the New York subway, um, for a whole bunch of other things. But I had never seen before this, the the highway signs standards manual. So this one was a great pleasure to me. I'm going to have to see if I can get a printed one to add to my collection of standards manuals, because I am a weirdo.
0: (laughs) And for anybody wondering what Mike T's talking about, this is a PDF. That is so large that when you click on the link that he included, it is now... I clicked on it over 30 seconds ago, and it's still loading. It's like 400 pages. This is a... It's like
3: 900 pages long. I'm going through now to say this
0: is a... Mike D is now talking about finding a printed version of a PDF that is 390 pages long.
3: Go to your local... There's DOT offices. There's like a north, a central, and a south Jersey office. And you can get anything you want from those places, from highway maps. And like, all you have to do is pay for like the printing fee, which is like probably like $2 or whatever. And like, back in the day, like before everything was super digital, like one of my jobs as a surveyor was to actually, you either go to the county or you go to, if you're doing a state highway or federal highway, you go to, the NJ DOT offices and you actually like rifle through. Usually they have like one or two very knowledgeable people there. You go there and you talk to them. I'm like, I'm looking for this stretch of highway between mile marker, blah, blah, blah. And when you do that, it pulls up everything. It pulls up the geometry. And you use those maps. They have the monumentation for the right way, the roads, and all that other stuff. So if you want any kind of reference, those places exist. Like your tax money goes to maintaining these offices and providing that information to the public. But like the only people that are using them are engineers and surveyors mostly. And Mike and D. me. And Mike D. But it is there for your. It is there for your uh, disposal. I know
2: what I want my second career to be. It's a highway sign designer. <laughs>
3: oh God! You'd shoot yourself in the house. Um, I know fucking
0: Mike D also did a, uh, a great job of assembling some references to art about, uh, New Jersey roads. I do want to use this as an opportunity. I believe it came up on our reading list episode, or at least in some of the feedback. I know that people were leaving comments, uh, looking for America on the New Jersey turnpike is a book that actually a couple of the American studies professors put out Michael Aaron Rockland, Angus Cress Gillespie, two former, uh, professors of mine who have come up on the show previously, they put out a book that if you are nerdy enough to like this podcast about New Jersey, you will like this book. It's a book about the history of the turnpike and also about the cultural impact of the turnpike. I think you'll really like it. Mike D. I remember also something that applies to this episode, just because we're talking about roads in general. I remember learning in that class. I forget if it was in that book or taught in the uh, companion to that class Jersey and New Jersey as a culture, a class that I of course took in college that the Jersey Turnpike is apparently the number one drug running road in the United States of America, uh. and I, if I remember right, even North America, because apparently even
3: more than Route eighty. I'm surprised. Well,
0: apparently there's just so much stuff that comes in through Port Elizabeth. Um, you know, I would have to imagine that uh, we got to try to talk to somebody who works in like Department of Homeland Security in Jersey. Imagine doing an interview with them about how what they have to monitor for right ports is where so much contraband is being snuck in i have to imagine i would love to talk to somebody with knowledge of this i
3: think they they bet on the odds you know what i mean like they bet on the odds of like whatever the percentages of like how much is caught like the same thing why they like flood cocaine in through certain routes because they know only like is going to get caught.
0: But you figure that port is perched on the turnpike. I mean, you see it's right there by the Ikea and the airport. You see the turn. Anytime you take the turnpike, you're seeing that port and it gets you North right up to New York and Boston, South, right to Philly, Baltimore, Baltimore, DC. So apparently there's so much stuff that comes off that porch and there's so much stuff that's being trafficked between all those major Northeastern cities that the Turnpike is like a major, major cog in drug running operations on a high level, uh, all over, you know, for North America. Uh, that being said, Mike D, obviously, the reference of this book is one of the you you have grabbed some song lyrics and some poems. And I think you should read the Allen Ginsberg poem, Chris. You want me to read it? I feel like Bonadou should read it. You want me to read it? I mean, there's, th- I read it. there's I three. There's three. We can each read okay. one of these short snippets.
2: Sure.
3: Do I have to click on something? I'll put it, send it to me.
0: Here, Nick. I will, uh... Nick. Yes. I, I'm. I'll tell you what. I, since since looking for America on the New Jersey Turnpike is a reference to the Paul Simon song, why don't I do that? And I'll even sing it. I'll spare everyone else from having to sing. Mm-hmm. Kathy, I'm lost. I said though I knew she was sleeping. Do-do-do. I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why. Counting the cars I mean, on you know, the New Jersey Turnpike, they all come to look, look America. I was gonna say too; it also reminds me. One, I think one of the great cinematic New Jersey usages um, is in Being John Malkovich when you get spat back out onto the side of the New Jersey <laughs> Turnpike. <play. laughs> yeah, yes, <that's> awesome. <laughs> and then all those stories too that I believe it's illegal to film out there, and they just went and did it anyway. Okay, shall we move on to Allen Ginsberg? Who's, t- yes. who's doing Allen Ginsberg? Patterson's own.
3: I'll do I'll do Allen. Okay. I don't have any of the information, so I can't read anything.
0: Okay. Nick, I'm going to drop the lyrics to Bruce Springsteen's State Trooper in the so. private chat for you. Mike, Deal handle? This is Allen
2: Ginsberg's poem, Don't Grow Old, which is uh, very much New Jersey turnpike-themed. Near the scrapyard, my father will be buried. Near the Newark Airport, my father will be under a Winston cigarette sign, buried. <laughs> on exit 14, Turnpike, New Jersey South, through the toll gate service road 1, my father, buried. Past merchants refrigerating concrete on the cattailed marshes. Past the Budweiser-Anheuser-Busch brick brewery. In the Benai Israel Cemetery, behind a green painted iron fence. Where there used to be a paint factory and farms. Where Pennock makes chemicals now. Under the Penn Central power station, transformer wires at the borderline, between Elizabeth and Nork, next to Aunt Rose, Goldemac near Uncle Harry Meltzer, one grave over from Abe's wife, Anna, my father, will be buried.
0: All right, get fucking Ginsburg, man.
2: Ginsburg sees his yeah, family tree represent. like descending down the turnpike. That's actually quite a beautiful, mm. beautiful thing, I think.
0: You guys know where you're going to be buried? I haven't thought about it. I got to start thinking about this.
3: Yeah, I almost bought a... I'm glad I didn't buy a plot with my fucking ex-wife, that's for sure.
0: Fling me into the fucking
2: Atlantic Ocean, because I don't care. <laughs> Just I yeah. assume are,
0: down off of LBI? Whoever is to throw, Let's whoever's throw left. you into the Impetago River. Throw me Impotigo,
2: into Impetago Bridge in Tucker we- <laughs> Weigh me down with cheap cinder blocks and we're good to
0: go. I kind of want to get thrown into the uh, brook that runs through down the hill. In West Orange,
2: so that you become like a a decomposing skeleton in like six inches of water.
3: Or all those all those different like waterways are like numbered in West Orange, like Creek Number One, Creek Number Two. Like that's like on paper, that's like what they're called.
0: There is there is a brook that it ran at the bottom of my street, then it ran by Maple Street. It went under Our Lady of Lords Church and behind all the businesses on uh, Main Street before kind of reemerging. By that church next to Edison Middle School, then it runs next to yeah. Washington School.
3: That's where I saw the guy, he used to, like, we used to have, when I played pal, we used to practice on the fields in front of Edison, and I remember, like, looking down into that thing, and there was a guy that had, like, a bike, and he had two giant satchels on his bike, and, like, his whole thing was, he just used to walk along there and pick up change out of the fucking water.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, man, everything by my neighborhood. Specific. Yeah, that was a weird neighborhood for sure. Uh, Nick, in the private chat, I've just uh-huh. posted the. L- I need like music.
3: Do we have music to this? I don't know the. Mu- I don't know the tune. I don't do know the tune to it? this
0: one either. This is State Trooper by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I think just Nick, you just gonna, Bruce voice. You're just going to have to improvise.
3: Prelude to this is that number one, and I've said this before a million times that like the number one law enforcement agency in the state of New Jersey that I have the utmost respect for is, are the New Jersey state troopers because I believe they are the most professional people on the road. And that like literally in the past two months, I have spilled my guts to like troopers when I got (laughs) pulled over when I should have definitely gotten a ticket. And um, they showed mercy on me because, you know, I, I just was like, out about like like you know why I pulled you over? I was like, yeah, I was probably going like you know ninety miles an hour. I was like, going a little fast. Like, what was the problem? Like, just, you know, explained it to them. They're like, no problem, slow down. Do you have any points? Go through the whole thing. Do you have any warrants? No. Blah blah blah. And of course, I try to drop at least one or two of my friends that are state troopers' names, and uh, they usually let you go. But like my experience is, don't be a smart ass to the troopers. Be completely upfront and honest, and just be like apologetic and always refer to them as yes, trooper, no trooper, or whatever. Refer to them as trooper, not officer. That's a big fucking thing with them. And remember, it's their fucking road. That's a big thing with them.
0: It's their fucking road. You just reminded me of something I did in my early 20s that was bad, Nick, that has a place in this Rose episode. Did I ever tell you guys this? I mean, Uh I wrote about this in in one of my books, but- so when I was working for weird New Jersey, a lot of my job was deliveries and warehouse runs and stuff like that. But I was a crazy person back then. And I used to drive like a psycho. Um, and I had a, I had a couple accidents, a couple speeding tickets and my points piled up. And there were a couple years there where I was one point away from losing my license. I think it's 12. You lose your license. If I remember right. And I had 11 Um. And I was, but you guys remember, I mean, Nick, you, you keep saying to me now, like, when do you sleep? Like I've never, I've always been someone who just like goes, you know?
3: Yeah. You fucking work all the time. I don't know where the fuck you sleep.
0: Now, back then I used to put my full schedule college, college classes, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I was taking, I think 12 credits a semester that way I could work at weird New Jersey Thursday and Friday. And then I was going to the city to do comedy, like, Saturday and Sunday and usually at least one or two nights a week as well. So it was just, you look back, you go, first of all, I was like hiding from my depression and staying busy 24 seven. So I never had to slow down and like answer anybody's question if they asked if I was okay. Secondly, I was just trying to like motivate myself, burning on both ends. So point being, when I would work at Weird New Jersey, their office was in West Orange. I was down in New Brunswick. A lot of times I'd come up, I'd crash with my folks Wednesday night, Thursday night. They were in Fairfield at the time. Still, though, Essex County is a better commute to West Orange. You know, Fairfield to West Orange is a lot better than New Brunswick to West Orange rush hour. Definitely. So I'd get out of my classes at like 9.50 p.m., those late classes, you know. You take the late Rutgers classes. Sometimes they start at 9 o'clock. I'm getting out at like 10, 30, 11, and I never slept. So I'd try to just fly up 287. You take Easton Ave to 287. 287 from that exit up to uh, 80 and then it dumps you right onto 46. You're in Fairfield. It's like a 45 minute trip hour. If you hit a little traffic, I would just try to fly to get a a little extra sleep. There was one night I was flying up 287 North and on the, on the center median, as I go by, I see the headlights come on and I'm going fast. I'm going close to 90 and, uh, the trooper pulls out into the road and he's back behind me. He like took his time pulling out. But I, I mean, I was, it was like middle of the night. I knew he saw me.
3: They liked the chase.
0: Well, but he didn't turn on the sirens. He didn't turn on the flashers.
3: Yeah, no, they're they are running your plates when they're Well,
0: doing I that. was sitting there going, man, he hasn't turned the flashers on yet. What the fuck do I do? So I see, and I drove that road all the time, and I came up on an exit, and I'm pretty sure it might be the exit that I live off of now, actually. Every time I take this exit, I'm like, I swear to God, I think this is the exit. I was like, fuck it. Like, I sh- what I should do is jam on the brakes. He's about to pull me over. Or I could just fucking double down and try to make it to this exit. And I hit the gas, man. He hadn't turned on the flashers yet, so I hit the fucking gas. Oh, God. I start accelerating. He's already on the highway with me. He doesn't turn on the flashers. I get off the highway and I see he, he gets off the highway as well. Like I'm at, you know, it's one of those big loops. So I'm like pulling up. I'm like 80% of the way off the exit and I see the lights come on the far end. I'm like, that's gotta be him. And I just booked it and made a couple turns and hit out in some neighborhood and like turned off the headlights, made sure the overhead lights were off, pulled the key out of the car and kind of like squatted down in the seat. <laughs> oh my and then the adrenaline wears off <laughs> and I'm like sitting there in the dark and so I'm like, neighborhood that's like, you know, like one of these, like, it's like Somerset County. I didn't wind up in my neighborhood now, but I'm like looking out the window. I'm like these fucking mansions. And I'm just like crouching down in the car, the adrenaline's wearing off. I'm like, what the fuck did I just do? What did I just do? So I wait a few minutes. I'm like, man, somebody's going to call the cops. Some car is just like sitting here lurking in this like richy rich neighborhood. And uh, finally, I'm like, all right, it's been a while. That fucking cop was just waiting for me back by the oh, 287 yeah. North entrance. He, he just was sitting by the entrance. He pulled me over, man. It was wild, dude. He was so pissed. So pissed. Um, he, shot, you know, he put the high beams right in my side mirror to blind me. Like He did everything he could. He takes my thing. He's like, license, registration, insurance. And dude, I go in my glove compartment. I just didn't have my registration or insurance. They just uh, weren't fucking in there. I'm like, I just have my license. I'm so sorry. And, uh, he looks at it. He's like immediately, of course he's like, Mr. Gethard. Like <laughs> it says, you, uh, live in Fairfield. Uh, you heading back to Fairfield tonight? I'm like, yeah, I go to Rutgers. I'm driving back from New Brunswick to Fairfield. And he's like, he straight up calls me out. He's like, so I have to assume that the reason you, went so fast on that highway and got off that is because you were evading capture by me. Oh no. And I'm like, yeah, that's correct. Like, I'm not going to lie about it. You know, <laughs> he's like, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? And I'm like, well, you know, I got 11 points and I knew I was about to lose my license and I drive a lot for work. But at the end of the day, like there is no excuse, <laughs> sir. Like, I just got to say like, As soon as the adrenaline wound up, as soon as the adrenaline wore off, I was sitting in my car and I just kept thinking to myself, like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. He's like, I have to assume that might be true. He's like, I think that's probably true. This is probably the stupidest thing you have ever done. And he went back to his car and he came back and I do not know why he came by. He's just like, don't ever do this again. Get out of here. Just get out of here. And all I could think was he knew, like, I was about to be in so much trouble that it would legitimately wreck my life. It's like the only thing I can think of, but I also had like, I had 11 points for a reason. I was speeding all over the fucking state. So
3: yeah, that's usually a a guarantee. Like that's the first question I'll ask you. Do you have points? Yeah. Yeah. How many points do you have in your license? I don't have any, sir. Like I drive for a living. Like it's, that's, that's my whole spiel. Like I'm extremely humble. Dude.
1: Yeah.
0: He took mercy on me. Now, of course I sit here, I go, I was like a 20 year old white college kid. So that's, you know, he took mercy on me. And you sit here, and I go, ah, some other people might not have that that luck, so to speak. Yeah. But I was like, holy shit. That's one of the dumbest things I ever pulled was on Route 287 in the middle of the night, man.
3: Oh, my God. I got nailed on Route 80. Uh, The one time Mike D wasn't with me, and I was working up in Sparta, and I was driving back down, and this motorcycle pulled up next to me on... On Route 80, coming down the hill toward through Parsippany. and I know there's always a cop at the bottom of the hill there. And I'm driving my eighty-four Volvo. I get fucking I went up, I'm going like 110, and the motorcycle pulls away. Next thing I know, I see lights behind me, and I pull over, and like all I hear is like like guy almost runs into the back of me, comes over, fucking like is super pissed off, and it's like do you know how far I followed you for? I'm like, no. I said, as soon as I saw your lights, it pulled over. He's like, I followed you for two miles. I said, and I was like, I wasn't thinking. I was, I, and he, I guess he took it as me being a smart ass. I said, well, he goes, you know, (laughs) you're going 110 miles an hour. I said, well, 110 for two miles. That's not that long. It's like, uh, you know, (laughs) It's like a, it's like a minute. He's like, he's like, don't fucking move. Next thing I know, there's like three fucking cop cars there. I get pulled out of the fucking car, I'm at gunpoint on the fucking side of Route 80, like on the ground. The guy's got his fucking knee in my back. They're ripping my fucking car back apart. Like they took the entire back seat out, and they're like, keep on yelling at me, like, who is the guy in the motorcycle? I'm like, I have no idea. Like I just got out of work. Blah blah blah, blah. dude. That ticket cost me like fucking nine points because they nailed me with all this shit. It was fucking terrible. Yeah, I went to court. I almost got locked up at court because I didn't have enough money to pay the fucking tickets that night. And good old Uncle Nick fucking bailed me out. God fucking bless Uncle Nick. Me, uh, yeah, God bless Uncle Nick. The best thing about that
2: car, the 84 Volvo, is the faster you went because the floorboards <laughs> were rotted out, the floor mats would actually start f- <laughs> levitating above that because of like the air pressure would like
3: float the faster
2: yeah, you the went. The
0: rug would come up. <laughs> I once got out of a ticket in Old Bridge on Route 18 when I was at Rutgers. I just remembered this as well. I was speeding and I got pulled over. And I was so scared that I kept fucking up and calling the cop your honor, which is what you call the judge. So he's like, do you know why I pulled you over tonight? And I was like, I'm so sorry, your honor. I don't. And he was like, call me officer. I'm not your honor. That's for judges. And I literally responded. I was like, my bad. I'm so sorry, your honor. Uh, I, I, uh. And it must have like three or four more times. And he eventually just started laughing. And he was just like, get the fuck out. Just get out of here. Just go. He saw I was about to shit my pants. I'm calling him your honor. I,
2: I just thought of a Route 18 story. So, okay, you know, there's that stretch of Route 18 that runs, you know, it's Rutgers on one side and the Raritan River on the other. And it's that sort yeah. of like twisty, lot of highway overpass. By the river dorms, like that whole thing. So one night I'm with a couple of our, you know, punk friends, and we're coming back from a show in Hoboken, which I think was like, the Riverdales and Boris the Sprinkler. And so we're driving back <laughs> and we get onto Route 18 and it's awful. It's pouring, pouring rain. And you know, that's right by the river and it floods. And we knew that because we live there. And so we're driving and our friend is driving like smartly, pretty cautiously. And this guy on a motorcycle. Flies past us, and my friend's like, Ah, what, what a fucking asshole that guy is. And we're like, Yeah, what an asshole. And so he flies by on a crotch rocket, and then you know, he passes us, and then we turn around that sort of like it's not a blind turn, but there's sort of like a sharp turn there in the road. And as we turn around the corner, we literally, this happens all at once. We see the man is no longer on the motorcycle. He's on top of the median, windmilling, flying through the air down the thing. His motorcycle is on fire, like literally it's burst into flames and it's sliding across the Jersey divider in the middle of the road. And then we see the front wheel of his motorcycle is disconnected and goes shooting down route 18 pops over the thing and like flies into the river. And this all like happens simultaneously. (laughs) Like we literally see the guys like flying through the air and I'm like, Oh my God. You know? Um, and you know, we, we, we we couldn't pull over there, but we pulled as soon as we turned off Route 18. We we pulled over and called the police. So I hope that guy is okay. But it was like out of a like a Mad Max movie. I mean, it was something. It was Ugh. a great special effect. Damn. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. I had the one on Route One. Where, Mike, I think you might remember this. My so that summer, summer after my freshman year, when Fran lived with me at 203 Hamilton Street, and you were still at 11 Robinson Street. If you remember, I worked at that at the uh, movie theater on Route 1, right where 1 and 18 meet, the Lowe's. Free cutouts. Well, you know exactly where I'm going with this. <laughs> they used to give away all the posters and promotional items. And that fucking summer, dude, Phantom Menace came out. Blair Witch, Eyes Wide Shut, like some cool shit and some valuable shit. And they used to give all that stuff away. But it was just this asshole. I remember his name. I won't say it on the show because it was years ago, and it's a very specific name. This guy used to give all the cool shit and all the Star Wars shit in particular to, like, these other dickheads. Meanwhile, I'm, like, the biggest Star Wars fan anybody ever met. I was a Star Wars fan during those dark days when it was just me and your brother getting made fun of for being Star Wars fans still.
2: Reading, like, internet fan fiction about Star Wars. Yeah, reading
0: all the Timothy Zahn books and shit like that, man. Memorizing the Star Wars encyclopedia. He gave all that shit away to other people. And then one day he says to me, do you want that? And he points to this giant Inspector Gadget cutout, the Matthew Broderick Inspector Gadget. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm so glad you remember this, Mike D. <laughs> sure this did. fucking thing was 10 feet tall. He's offering it to me in front of people so they can make fun of me. Because it was one of these situations. And all of you have known me forever. And I've it's always been like this with me. Sometimes I enter a social situation and everybody's like, this guy's fine. He just seems quiet. And then people get to know me. They're like, oh, he's funny. Nice guy. Every once in a while though, I'll enter a social situation where people will just be like, that's a fucking pariah. Nobody talks to me and working at the lowest fucking cineplex on route one, just everyone decided day one that I was like a fucking, I might as well have just like had the plague and lived on the outskirts of a medieval town, man. Like nobody wanted to fucking talk to me. Everybody's a dickhead. So he's like, you want the fucking inspector gadget thing? Like to make fun of me. And everybody's like laughing and just with a straight face, I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And they were all like, all right, whatever. So, dude, this thing was, like, 10 feet tall, and it wasn't just a poster. It was, like, a cardboard. It's like retiro. a diorama,
2: kind of. Yeah,
0: and it had, like, like fucking Dr. Claw's <laughs> hands sticking out on one thing, and then the cat sticking out on another stick. Like, all these sticks sticking out with gears and shit, and all this fucking dumb shit, gears, all poking out at different distances, man. So I drag it out to the dumpster and I like drag it out and they all look at me like I'm a weirdo. And I'm like, cool, that's what I want. That's always been, you know, since high school, that's been my revenge. It's like, I'll just be a fucking off-putting weirdo if you want to. If you want to like, I will at least make you think I'm vaguely fucking dangerous and weird. So I drag the thing out and I'm like, I'll just throw it away. Who cares? Fuck them. But this old man, this guy Roderick, he was an African guy. He's like probably in his late 50s, early 60s. He just came up to me. He's like, You're throwing that out? And I was like, Yeah. He's like, You can't throw that out. It's beautiful. So you need it. Someone and I was like, Roderick, it's not gonna fit in my car. He goes, I'll be right back. Dude, he goes back inside. He comes out with all these garbage bags. He starts shredding them and braiding them together. I'm like, this motherfucker's making homemade rope what oh the fuck man now I feel a bit I'm like Roderick honestly I don't need this 10 foot tall inspector gadget cut he's like no this can't just wind up in the garbage you have to take it so he ties it to my fucking car 1986 Chevy Celebrity <laughs> like old man car ties it to my fucking roof with this homemade plastic rope so dude I start driving in the parking lot and the thing is catching wind cause it's a It's like a box. (laughs) But it's not flat. It's like a box. It's like a box kite. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. You just described it better than I can. It's like a box. So it's catching wind and I'm in that parking lot and I drive like 10 feet and the thing's going, (laughs) bouncing up and down on the roof of my fucking car. So I pull over. Roderick's watching me with this smile on his face. I'm like, Roderick. This thing's going to fly off the car. He's like, if it does that, just reach up with your hand and hold it down, man.
3: Ah, the old mattress technique.
0: <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? So I'm reaching up, trying to hold this thing down. But you guys remember what I looked like when I was 19? I was like a buck 35. I'm like reaching like you were 13 years old. I, dude, reaching out with one malnutritioned arm. All I <laughs> ate was like ramen noodles and fucking malt liquor. My muscle-free arm trying to hold this thing down. And I swear, you know where I'm talking about, Nick. Like, you pull out of that movie theater parking lot. It's you're dangerous. Well, you're on Route 1 for, what, 30 yards, 40 yards before that and Before you have to 18. turn off that terrible fucking turn. Dude, so, I'm taking the turn onto Route 18. By the time I get there, it's like, wah-boom, 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 smashing down onto my fucking car. Ba boom ba boom ba boom ba boom I get onto Route 18, and I'm not kidding, 10 yards, 20 yards All of a sudden, it's like, wah-boom, wah-boom, wah-boom. But I'm not on routine, barely at all. And all of a sudden, now I start hearing, wah-boom, wah-boom, thwip. Wah-boom, 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 thwap. Wah-boom. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And every time I hear one of those noises, the thing's like trying to pull me out the window even harder. Like the seatbelt is holding me in the fucking window. And I look in the rearview mirror and it's like thwip. And I just see like a gear fly off and start (sighs) flying down behind me. I see like gear cardboard side, gear cardboard side. There goes Dr. Claus, fucking dumb cat, man, like flying off all this shit. It's just like thwip, thwap, thwip, like flying off this dumb fucking thing. And I'm on Route 18, I mean, less than two minutes with all this shit. Flying off. Everyone's behind me. Because I'm also going like 35, 40 miles an hour. <laughs> like holding up Route 18. Nobody wants to slow down where Route 1 meets Route 18. So everybody's fucking honking, flying by. Give me the finger. A fucking cop pulls up right behind me. Ugh. Just as I see. I think it was... Matthew Broderick's dumb fucking head if I remember or maybe it was the cat flies off and just bounces off the fucking windshield of the (gasps) cop he puts the lights on and we're right there it's still there every time I drive that section of that road I cringe Because there's an apartment complex right there. I know right on, where you mean. 18. I know exactly where Which you direction mean, yeah. are you heading back oh. to New Brunswick? Is that north? That's north.
3: Yeah, you're going. 18 north. north like 18, right
0: yeah. after the one interchange, there's an apartment complex.
3: After that terrible fucking interchange to be By begin that with.
0: fucking dumb car wash where the, the used Fud used to be. Fud Ruckers, yeah. The Fud oh, God, isn't there anymore. That. But right after that, there's an the apartment complex. This cop was just on my ass instantly. Didn't even put on the sirens or the lights. <laughs> Didn't even pull up this. Just got on the fucking megaphone. Like, got on a loudspeaker, and he just goes, pull over right now. Pull over right now. Like, I didn't even get the respect of lights. He pulls up next to me, and I will never forget. Pulls up next to me, and I had the window down. And he goes, looks right at me, goes, are you fucking stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Must have been a New Brunswick cop. Dude, looks at me right now, he goes, are you fucking stupid? And I looked right back at him. I didn't know what to say. I'm just like, I, uh, I work at Lowe's, which is pretty much just yes, you know? And he looked at me. He's like, you don't fucking go anywhere, man. You pull over into this. You get this thing in the dumpster of this apartment complex right there. I don't know what <laughs> the fuck you're thinking, man. But what am I going to explain to him? Like, Nothing. This very nice man who immigrated from Africa. like, Yeah, he doesn't want to hear shit. Made me feel like it would be a sin to throw it out. And he made the rope. You know what? Thank
3: God, thank God, and I'll say this: living in New Brunswick for as long as you did, thank God. You you pray to God if anybody if any law enforcement shows up, you pray to God that it's the New Brunswick Police Department and not the fucking Rutgers cops. Oh yeah, because the New Brunswick cops are like you could be doing something really fucking stupid. They got bigger fish and to just, fry, man. and they're just going to be like, "Stop being a fucking idiot! Don't make me fucking come back here again." And like that was it. And the Rutgers cops, like they have they and they have like state jurisdiction. So they're like fucking
0: state troopers almost, but they don't got better shit to do. They just live to fucking harass the shit out of people. Dude. I remember that same summer. Um, somebody broke into my apartment and they stole my Nintendo 64. I was very close to beating Zelda in the Ocarina of time. They stole my Nintendo 64 and my camcorder. And I was not home that night. Fran was Mike D, your brother. And he, uh, it was very funny. I don't think he'll mind me outing him on this, but the cops came there. Like, what time did they break into your room? Now, Fran was staying upstairs that summer. I was staying downstairs in my room. I was like, I don't know. I wasn't home. And Fran's like, well, it was after 1 a.m. I know it was after 1 a.m. When the cops leave, I'm like, Fran, why, how did you know that? Like, and he's like, uh, I know it's kind of gross, but you have a VCR in your room, and I was watching Pornadox. <laughs> <laughs> He's, you know, back then, man, this was early internet days. He's like, I was watching a porno tape on your VCR, man. Sorry about that. I'm like, that's fine. And, just don't, just
3: don't use your pillow now. It's yeah, dude. And uh, but
0: soiled. then the cops. I remember I called the cops for follow, up it was New Brunswick PD. And I remember a few days later, I was like, I was just calling to see. He's like, the guy on the phone goes, uh, yeah, man. We'll, well, we're still looking for your Nintendo, but like, we've also had murders this week. Just straight up said that to me. <laughs> It's like, all right, I'm never gonna hear about my fucking Nintendo.
3: That was before they like tracked things. It was probably at the trading post being sold, or some kid you probably, was probably have just gone there and it. picked it up.
0: God bless. Yeah, or that. I hope they beat the game. It's probably
3: one of your roommates' friends that came in and stole it. I never
0: it. beat the game. All right, yeah. let's get back to the highways, Nick. It's time for you to sing Springsteen a selection. Okay, I don't know. From State I just,
3: Like, I need. Can you play the tune first, and then I'll I'll sing later? I don't know. Is that too involved? I don't know. that. I think you
0: got to just sing it. I think you got to just go for it.
3: New Jersey Turnpike riding on a wet night near the refinery glow out where the great black rivers flow. License, registration. I ain't got none, but I got a clear conscience about the things that i done. Mr. State Trooper, please don't stop me. That was fucking terrible.
0: That's just, I mean, but the sentiment is there. A feeling yeah. any young person in New Jersey knows once they get their license. New Jersey State. I gotta like,
3: I gotta work on my Bruce voice. Hi, this is Tom Cabell. Nope. Nick. New Jersey State Trooper riding on a wet night.
0: You're working on Bruce. Do you like ice cream? <laughs> Your Bruce sounds a lot like Tom Carvel and even said, I am Tom Carvel.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we might need to call Th- Thunder Roadside Assistance. Thunder Roadside Assistance. 95, 75 a year. Come to New Jersey. We have wonderful roads. You'll enjoy busting your fucking rim and getting a flat in the, in the road. And if you do...
2: Don't forget, in New Jersey only, call Thunder Roadside Assistance. Actually, you
3: don't even have to call. We'll get... He just <laughs> appears. Bruce will just appear. If you're in Monmouth County, there's uh, there's an 85% chance that Bruce Springsteen will show up and fix your car. He doesn't even need a cho-cho. He'll have on a collared shirt and two jean
2: jackets. One of them will have like a sheep lining. It's like the
3: fawns, He fucking hits the hood of your car and it starts again. Yeah. And- <laughs> Just puts tape over
2: your tire, pumps it up with a bicycle pump. I got
3: I got a roll of duct tape and some uh and an old hanger to hold your muffler up with. <laughs> Here, tie it on with this t shirt. Just don't drive too far before it catches on fire. Here, let's just take out this
2: uh cracked windshield. I've got some saran wrap in the back of my car. Hold on a second.
3: <laughs> hey, Let's take some shots of tequila while we're here. I got this bottle of fucking Cuervo with me. It's cold, is it? I got this. Does anyone need a shot? I got this bottle of Pepe Lopez. (laughs) It's plastic bottle tequila, but I love it. I'm gonna rebrand it. Oh, is there something wrong with your carburetor? Here, I've got a red bandana in my back pocket. I'll tie it around the leak. Let me pour a mixture of tequila and ethanol over your carburetor to clean it out. Oh, your hood catch doesn't stay open. Here, don't worry, I've got a broom handle
2: strapped to the side of my motorcycle to hold it open while we look underneath.
3: Oh, uh, in repayment, I'm going to take your wire. I'm going to take your antenna and use it as a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, car antennas. How much fun. I buy them in bulk on Amazon. Yeah. My car is
2: serious, so I don't really need an antenna, but I still buy them in bulk anyway.
3: It's especially good when the end breaks off and you lash somebody across the face and leave Zorro marks on their cheeks.
0: My, uh, well, my computer shut down as I was trying to share this with you. It, Mike D., in your research, you came upon this song called the, uh, the Garden State Parkway Boogie by a band called Home. I was not familiar myself. I don't know if you were before this, Mike D. This
2: was a, this was a new one for me, and this is a jam, legit jam, this song. We're going to
0: listen to it now.
3: Is it uh, comparable to the uh the Martian
0: hop? Uh, Predicate me. Uh we'll have to hear it and decide for yourself Nick, but what I will tell you is this band Holm, was apparently one of like the great bar bands in New Jersey history. Played all Oh, Holmes, yeah. They apparently um, still play all over and they're based out of West Orange, I guess.
3: Is that the one that like um Jonesy would always have? I thought that was Holmes. Holmes,
0: Holmes. I don't know if it's the same one. I wonder. I think this has got to be them. And a lot of these guys, I mean, went on to play with the Smithereens and Southside Johnny and a lot of stuff. And I believe some of them are part owners of DJs, the infamous club on the Jersey Shore that Don Finelli's such a fan of. Uh, do you guys want to hear some of Garden State Parkway Boogie Let's do it. by West Absolutely. Orange's own home?
3: It's some rock and roll.
0: spirit of the sky there's a little bit of spirit in the sky in here
2: there's a lot of spirit of the sky in this yes in
0: state you can't help but their big uh top 900 hit apparently they're mostly a cover band and that's one of their originals that gets some play as you can imagine the jersey shore radio stations love that one you know jones he's played that at least once once or twice
3: i think the band he plays is home though, because they would always be at every like live event that he would do
0: i don't know if it's different we'll get to the bottom we don't have all the time in the world We're coming up on the end We've uh, told some crazy stories of our own. Oh, I did want to jump on this for you, Mike, Um, because we talked a lot about the turnpike. We've talked about some some incidents on roads, which is some stuff that we put out there. But, Nick, this is a thing that I feel like you might know. Mike D. did list a thing that is a thing you notice. Some of these roads to nowhere, like the Oraton Parkway, if that's how you say it. Which anybody in Essex County knows. <laughs>
3: Which we've always seen the signs. You see the but signs, never. and it
0: looks like it as soon as you put it in the in the dock, Mike, I was like, Yeah. It's like As
3: soon as you get off two eighty onto the parkway, if you're gonna get onto the parkway, it like veers into what, East Orange there?
0: And then it's just done. What is that?
3: I don't know. It might be the road that runs adjacent going northbound, I think, is the Oraton Parkway.
0: Well, the other one is also off 280, the Eisenhower Parkway up in Livingston. You get off it in one direction.
3: Yeah, but that's a legit thing. Well, that one,
0: in the one direction, it takes you to the Livingston Mall. The other direction, you get off that exit, and it just stops, and you turn around. I think that was an eminent domain thing. I think there was somebody who was just like, you're not taking my land for your highway.
3: Or there just was nowhere, like, there was no development through there, so they just decided to stop. And there's a lot of, like, paper roads in New Jersey, too. Like, there's roads that were, like, I would do work in Passaic County, and you'd, like, um, let's say, uh, in, in, I guess, like, Passaic and stuff. And there was homes that were developed in these areas, and the roads that were, that were not developed, there was no roads there, they were all monumented at one time, like, like, 40, 50 years ago that these areas were going to be developed into like neighborhoods and they just never were because I think there were um, terrible flood zones and they were just like, you just can't go in there and develop them. But you would actually have to go back in there and do retracement surveys to find the monumentation to tie into the existing boundaries that were around that area. But yeah, there's a lot of that weird shit. There's a lot of like roads that, We'll call them paper roads like, you know, they might be on paper and then you're driving and all of a sudden there's like no fucking road there or it's like a sandy trail, especially down here in the fucking Southern Ocean County in the Pine Barren area. There's a lot of shit like that.
0: There's so much that we haven't had time to get to and I'm nervous because this was going long, but the I roads part two could get there. I mean, Mike D, you listed some of New Jersey's famous haunted roads. You got of course, You got Clinton Road, Shades of Death Road out there in Alamo, Listen, if, if people call
3: in and if you say something about roads, every single person that listens to this thing is going to call in and tell them about some, like we did before on, I like, think, Voices in the Jug Candle, where Everybody's talking about the worst fucking road. What
0: about Gravity Hill? Yeah, that's, that's one Gravity of my favorite Gravity Hill up in Franklin Lakes, 13 Bumps Road in Watchung, You got uh, Essex Road down in Neptune, Great Haunted Road. There's one that runs... Be- I've never been able to count all the bumps on 13 Bumps Road, and I've tried yeah. multiple times. Well, it's because the witches come out from under the ground, so it's never the same amount. because the witches are chasing you. And there's like seven bridges roads down near us.
3: Down near and
2: South then there's down.
0: the one down in Marlboro behind the mental hospital there. What's that one called with the Virgin Mary statue in the i tr- Igo Road. Igo, That's a yeah. real scary one. That one is actually really there's creepy. 14, 14 Thought Road. There's Jake Brown Road down in... Uh, I think that's down an old bridge that's another haunted road. What's Jake Brown Road? Jake Brown Road, I think it's off of Route 1 and it, there's there's a Nike base back there and then also a ghost. I think there's a ghost of a kid named Jake Brown. A lot of good haunted roads in this goddamn state. The Atco Ghost Road. Yeah, we've talked I've been to Atco. We've talked about that. I told you. I never went. Never went and did it. Old Chickenhead Road in Newark. So much to talk about. And uh you end it with oh 101.5 has the Ten Commandments of driving in New Jersey? Why don't we Why don't we end the episode <laughs> oh, by just going through these and saying if we uh,
3: Is it only if it's be it, Can you have it be played by Jim Gerhart? Let's go through. <laughs> Did you ever wonder why you're in the state of New Jersey? Let's
0: see if we agree with these.
3: And they put these signs up, and nobody fucking reads them.
0: Thou shall use a turn signal.
3: Is that guy fucking dead yet? Is that guy dead yet?
0: Uh, you, Thou shalt allow drivers to merge. Thou shalt thank fellow courteous drivers. I don't know if you got to thank anybody. you
3: got to give the wave. Yeah, to like give, give the wave. hand. The little you got to give the hands. Yeah. The hand.
0: Thou shalt ease up on the horn. Thou shalt put the phone down and drive. Thou shalt slow down at an amber light. Uh, you can You can hit it. You could gun it at a yellow light if you have to. I think so. Thou shalt stop. Thou shalt not stop in the middle of the Easy Pass booth. That's a good one.
3: Thank fucking God. That's a fucking one you should live by.
0: Thou shalt learn how to navigate the jug handle. I mean, that's kind of. I feel like that's metaphorical. All life in New Jersey is learning how to navigate the jug handle. Thou shalt learn how to stay to the right. Thou shalt hold thy breath past exit thirteen A. I don't know. I take a deep breath. I breathe in deep at thirteen A.
2: You smell weird. <laughs> Pull in the, the 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 smell of decomposition at thirteen A.
0: Oh, that beautiful mix! That beautiful mix of oil refinery, decaying body, clams, landfill—yeah, landfill, la- yeah, landfill uh, dead sea
2: creature—and you go from like the decomposing smell to the the like linden Kogen plant smell. And then you then sometimes for lucky and Budweiser is brewing, you get that like hop smell and the entire turnpike smells yeah. like, you know, yeasty American beer. Hmm. I'd smell that all
3: the time working at the airport.
2: What about the pancake smell?
0: Do you ever smell that one? I've heard people sometimes get hit with this there's like a scent factory somewhere near Kearney, I think. Yeah. People smell like butterscotch <laughs> sometimes and maple, maple syrup. syrup sometimes. <laughs> I've heard about it. I've never been so lucky. I would love that.
2: We should just drive up and down the turnpike until we smell it. Everybody. That's like a life quest.
0: If you're out there and this has brought up any infrastructure issues you want to speak about, if you have reactions to the article that uh, proclaims us the worst state with the worst roads... If you have stories of nonsense you've pulled where New Jersey state troopers have had to get involved. If you have stories of smells you've smelled, we are all ears. 973-780-4660. Thank you so much for listening. Be careful out there on those highways, everybody go hard in New Jersey. And if you see somebody, an idiot with Inspector Gadget strapped to the top of his car, that's me. That's my bad. And
3: call them Trooper and not Officer.
0: That's a good one.
3: I never knew trooper. that. Trooper. Absolutely. Yes, Trooper. I'm telling you.